0: Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Susio of Geodata Vision.
1: Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but were afraid to ask. Dean, in recent podcasts, you talked a lot about fair lending and discrimination in the lending process. Do these discrimination issues also apply to financial institutions when they lend to insiders?
2: Yeah, super question, Len. Insider loans can be made throughout the financial institution, and they do require special handling. Typically these credits include limitations, require approval by the board in advance, and in all cases must be made on the same rates and terms as a comparable borrower.
1: So, Dean, do these provisions include every employee of the financial institution or only some employees?
2: Rego addresses insider lending provisions in financial institutions often get confused with that definition of insider. The regulation provides that an insider is a director in their related interest, an executive officer in their related interest, and a principal shareholder in their related interest. The regulation further defines each one of these categories. A director is a director of the financial financial institution, whether receiving any compensation or not. An advisory director is not considered a director uh, if in the what they call an advisory capacity. The principal shareholder generally means an individual or company that owns more than 10% of a class of voting securities of the financial institution or an affiliate of the financial institution. The related interest is a company, which can be a corporation, partnership, or other uh, form of business entity that's controlled by that person or a political or campaign committee controlled by the benefiting individual. A company is controlled by a person if the person owns at least 25% of any class of voting securities or controls the election of the majority of the directors of the company. In addition to these objective standards, a company can be found to be controlled by any person who has power to exercise controlling influence over management of policies of the company. And then, of course, executive officer as, design, as, as defined, Rego within rego excuse me of the bank and or an affiliate of the bank as a person who participates or has the authority to participate in major policy making functions of the bank or the affiliate rego presumes that the chairman of the board the president every vice president the cashier the secretary and treasury are executive officers by definition
1: so dean if I'm a vice president of the financial institution, am I considered an insider and thus subject to more restrictive provisions?
2: Well, in the pure definition, yes, but not necessarily. The regulation allows some exclusions by what we call board resolution. If the financial institution of the officer excludes him or her by resolution of its board of directors or by its bylaws from participation in major policymaking functions, The officer, in fact, does not participate in such functions. They can be removed and not subject to the more restrictive provisions. Do it right and don't try to circumvent the provisions. Make sure you've documented those by board resolution and that you've abstained from any of those uh, uh, voting rights.
1: Okay, so Dean, once you determine who is subject to the provisions, what types of restrictions must a financial institution comply with?
2: Well, the general provision is no member bank may extend credit to an insider of the bank or an insider of its affiliates unless the extension of credit is made on substantially the same terms, including interest rates and collateral, as the following credit underwriting procedures that are not less stringent than those prevailing at the same time for comparable transactions by the bank with other persons that are not covered by this part and who are not employed by the bank. And does not involve more than normal risk of repayment or present other unfavorable features.
1: So Dean, you and I know there's nothing that's straightforward in the regulations. What is the definition of an extension of credit?
2: Well, an extension of credit is making or renewal of any loan, a granting of a line of credit or an extending of credit in any manner whatsoever.
1: Wow, that's a pretty broad definition. Are there any exclusions from that broad definition, Dean?
2: Yeah, another great question. There are close to eight different exclusions from the broad definition. It would take forever to go through each one of those, uh, so you should review them uh, each and every one when applying Rego provisions.
1: Wow, that's an extensive list of exceptions. Can you break this down at least for the audience?
2: Sure, let me expand on at least one exclusion most widely applied, a line of credit up to 15,000 under a bank credit card program that is available to the general public or an overdraft of up to 5,000 under a written pre-authorized interest-bearing overdraft credit plan is not considered an extension of credit, thus exempt from the provisions. This is particularly key for overdrafts. So,
1: overdrafts actually come into play with Rego
2: Yes, depending on the treatment, the bank may not pay an overdraft of an executive officer or a director unless payment is made in accordance with that written pre-authorized interest-bearing credit plan specifying the repayment or method, a written pre-authorized plan for transfer of funds from another account belonging to the insider. The prohibition does not apply to the payment of inadvertent overdrafts in an aggregate amount of $1,000 or less, provided that the account is not overdrawn for more than five days and... The bank charges the executive officer or the director the same fee as other customers in similar circumstances
1: Ian, i can't resist i have a sense of humor can you say five times a written pre-authorized interest-bearing credit plan specifying a repayment method <laughs> uh, i couldn't resist that that's my sense of humor so this is all really interesting as i thought rego dealt with lending to insiders
2: Well, you're generally accurate, but overdrafts (laughs) is an extension of credit, so falls under the more restrictive provisions.
1: Okay. And so can you discuss more of the specific provisions for lending?
2: Oh, absolutely. I'll break down these provisions applicable to all insiders, then explain those only applicable to executive officers in a nutshell. Aggregate lending limits, the Amount of credit to all insiders and their related interests may not exceed the bank's total unimpaired capital and unimpaired surplus, except for extensions of credit secured by a segregated deposit account, extensions of credit secured by a perfected security interest by a U.S. government treasury bill, and extensions secured by unconditional takeout commitments or guarantees of a U.S. department, agency, bureau, board, commission, or wholly owned corporation. Then you get into what we call the individual lending limits. The director, principal shareholders, or their related interests may not exceed 15% of the bank's unimpaired capital and unimpaired surplus for loans that are not fully secured. And an additional 10% of the bank's unimpaired capital and unimpaired surplus if the loans are fully secured by rentable marketable collateral equal to the loan amount. Prior board approval is required to extend credit in an amount when aggregated with all prior extensions to that person and their related interest exceeds the higher of 25,000 or 5% of the unimpaired capital and surplus. Evidence of prior approval where the insider abstains from voting or influencing approval of a credit is required, and each state does have some specific statute, so you really should check with bank counsel. When you get into individual lending limits on executive officers and their related interests, the bottom line is the loan may not exceed 100000 No limit for extensions that finance the purchase, construction, maintenance, improvement of their primary home when secured by a first lien. So in other words, you can take out as an executive officer a $350,000 loan, to improve my primary residence secured by that residence, however, I cannot then go out and take out a home equity line of credit that exceeds that hundred thousand dollar threshold, uh, and that is, that would be a violation. We can also uh, two of the other provisions under executive officer are uh, education of the executive officer's children, so there's no limit on the amount that can be extended for that, or no limit for loans that qualify as low risk and meet collateral requirements.
1: So, you know, thanks, Dean, for sharing the lending provisions and some of the common issues associated with lending to insiders. Uh, Before we conclude today's discussion, are there any additional areas you want to highlight in this discussion for our audience?
2: Yes, I should briefly discuss the record keeping requirement as this area has also been under the microscope. REGO requires banks to maintain records to document compliance with its restrictions. The record-keeping requirements include conducting an annual survey to identify all insiders of the bank itself. With respect to the insiders of affiliate, it would be best for the bank to identify such insiders through that annual survey method, but REGO also permits the bank to identify such insiders by requiring each borrower to indicate whether the borrower is an insider of an affiliate of the bank. The easiest way easiest way to document this is through the annual survey. So I encourage institution to adopt practices relative to that. I realize this is a lot to absorb, but for today some of the key takeaways, the restrictions of Rego can be complicated to navigate, but given their importance to the Federal Bank regulators in preventing insider abuse, it's important to understand and comply with the restrictions. Bank regulators have specific exam procedures that evaluate potential bank fraud and insider abuse. They include evaluation of corporate culture. The warning signs include a review of insider transactions.
1: Wow, Dean, uh, that was quite a comprehensive uh, review of Rego and its implications. Thank you for enlightening us today on Rego and the insider lending provisions. This is Len Susio with GeodataVision.
2: And this is Dean Stockford from m M&M and Consulting saying thank you for listening to today's podcast and please let us know of any additional topics you would like to hear
0: for future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow Eminem Consulting and GeoData Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.